Greetings, I'm Keith Klein, the host of the VentureViz podcast, where I interview the most fascinating people in the tech scene. For the 47th episode of our podcast, I interviewed Ed Park, co-founder and CEO of Devoted Health. Ed and his brother Todd Park have a special bond, and their great relationship has carried over into the world of entrepreneurship. Ed joined his brother and Jonathan Bush in the very early days of building Athena Health, one of the anchor tech companies in the Boston tech scene, which is publicly traded on the NASDAQ. Ed and Todd's next company is called Devoted Health, and they're looking to fix healthcare for seniors. In this episode of our podcast, we cover lots of great topics, like the full background story of Athena Health and how the HMO revolution of the late 90s created this perfect storm to solve the administrative headaches for doctors, how their focus kept them on a path which ultimately resulted in the top IPO of 2007, the details on devoted health and how they're looking to make healthcare easier, more affordable, and a whole lot more caring, how they built out this world-class leadership team, which includes the person who actually invented the term data science, plus a lot more. Okay, quick side note. If you're looking for more amazing podcast interviews, we are now publishing an interview with a New York entrepreneur or investor every other Thursday. Last week, we featured a great interview with Zach Schildhorn, who is a partner at Lux Capital. Go to venturefizz.com backslash podcast to catch all of our episodes. All right, without further ado, here's my interview with Ed. Ed, thanks so much for joining us. Terrific to be here. Thanks for having me. So I have this whole theory in my head, and maybe this isn't something that actually happened, but you and your brother have done some extraordinary things when it comes to building companies. So I am having this vision when you were much younger, growing up together, that you must have tried to start a company, who knows, maybe selling lemonade at scale, who knows, or something else that happened that kind of was a, a kind of an early foray into what your future was going to look like. So interestingly, not so much, but A, number one, I think uh, that I love my brother. Like he is actually the best big brother in the whole universe. Uh, there are a bunch of other folks who just like picked on their, no, picked on their little siblings and that wasn't time. Uh, I still remember no, I think it was uh, uh, when he was in middle school, he came to me and said, look, all my other siblings treat their little, you know, little brothers and sisters uh, mm -hmm. terribly, and uh, I'm going to be a great big brother to you. Like, that's what he said. Uh, wow. And, uh, he actually said that? He said that. He was like, he was extremely self-aware at that time. But I got to say, like, he was um, growing up, right, a golden child uh, in every possible respect. So you know, won all the state violin competitions, math competitions, every possible award through high school. And I kind of shadowed him through that. Uh, he then went off to Harvard uh, and studied economics. Uh, and I followed him to Harvard, studied computer science. And I thought to myself, ah, this is my chance. I am going to get out from the shadow of Todd uh, and, <laughs> and actually make my own way in life. Uh, so like folks want to ask, are you Todd's brother anymore? Right. So I went through that and I thought, look, you know, he's going to go off and do his thing in economics and I'll do something else, computer science. And, uh, and, uh, we'll stay, you know, very, very close friend family, but, uh, like we'll have different paths. Then I found something that was actually quite strange, uh, when, you know, we started Athena health. Uh, so Todd asked me to help him and Jonathan Bush start Athena at the beginning. He said, could you just help us out for a bit? And I found that, um, it was the best thing ever. Right. It's something it's someone that I could totally trust who was unbelievably competent at what he did uh, and just thought in the same wavelength as me. And from my perspective, what I found is like once I got into the world, there's nothing more that I would have rather have done than work with my brother. 
And so from there, it's just been a perfect match uh, for as long as I can remember. That's an amazing story. That's awesome. Yeah. I have two little girls, and I hope that they're going to have that same bond. Yeah, it's been, it's, uh, uh, it's, it is one of the things I treasure most in life. Now, so actually, where did you grow up before Harvard? And what did your parents do for work, like the foundation level stuff? Uh, so we grew up among the cornfields and bass ponds of central Ohio. Uh, wow. so, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. It's uh, like in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was an inventor, uh, a chemical engineer working for Dow Chemical, and they okay. had a uh, research facility in Granville, Ohio. Uh, he had come over from Korea in '69 uh, and uh, decided to settle down, settle down in Ohio, and and uh, that that's that's how we got started. Um, but uh, he was a huge influence on us. Uh, he had the award for the most patents at Dow. He had like like seventy two patents, like an incredible wow. number of patents. Every day he would come home and like he had a new silver dolly that represented the patent that he had just gotten. Uh, and then my mom was just obviously, like, as all moms are, like the best. Yeah. Like she really watched out for us and uh, made sure that we grew up uh, straight and true. And then obviously you already shared that the two of you went to Harvard. And what was it about computer science? Like what brought you down that path to study that at Harvard? Uh, so I loved the fact that with computers, uh, it was this interesting mix of the abstract and the concrete, right? So the, uh, there's one path which could have been pure mathematics or another path which was like just English and painting with words. And what I found with computer science is you could actually do things with math. Uh, and they would appear on the screen and like you, you could make stuff come to life in a way that became very tangible and very real. And that for me had an extremely powerful allure. And then after you graduated, it looks like, uh, you were like, there was this whole generation of web companies, Viant, Scient, IXL, Razorfish that were helping, you know, organizations get online for the first time. So is that where you That's cut your right. teeth a little like, bit professionally? Like, uh... You know, that was uh, back in the uh, heyday, like in the early days of the first internet boom, uh, in such heady times, so exciting in so many different ways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I joined one of the companies that was responsible for delivering solutions uh, to Fortune 500 companies. I uh, had a terrific time there, uh, but I, that's where I really began to get a sense of what technology could do and how it could make an impact in the real world. Do you remember the project you worked on at all there? I always like to relive the past of, you know, a company was trying to do X, Y, Z at the time that now is just kind of like common. Oh, I, I worked on a knowledge management pro uh, product. It was before the days of like wikis or Slack or any of the rest of it where folks were trying to figure out how do you actually share knowledge in an enterprise? Uh, so that was uh, early, early days there. So, and then from here, this is, that, this is when you actually started working with your brother and Jonathan yeah. Bush, which as I was doing more research, I never realized, you know, the background story for Athena Health, you know, there was a whole different business model out in San Diego. Like, so I'd love to hear the early beginnings of what they were aiming to do. Then obviously there was, you know, a, I don't know if you call it a pivot, but a transformation into what they set out to do eventually. Totally. So Athena didn't start off as a technology company. It started off as a company which Jonathan, Todd, and I like to talk about. Uh, we were in the business of creating healthy bouncing babies. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the business was actually a women's health business. Uh, there was a lot going on in healthcare at the time. And uh, the goal was how do you construct a different kind of experience for mothers and mothers-to-be? Um, and how do you uh, construct a almost a retail Starbucks-like experience for them 
provide better care upfront, reduce the number of complications that occur in the NICU. And to do that, we got very, very deep in the heart of healthcare. We bought a practice in San Diego. We, I drove out there in my old uh, Toyota Camry, like we're just 10 years old, like just kind of zipped out there. We all lived in a giant house together. It's like the classic story. Uh, you know, I slept in the closet, mattress on the floor, <laughs> cleaning up at night, like all the stuff that you would imagine. It was the best time of my life. It was awesome. Uh, but that was the story. The story was, uh, the original story of Athena was uh, to manage a practice and create healthy, bouncing babies. And it was actually called Athena Women's Health, right? Yes, it was called Athena Women's Health in the Birthplace. And the reason we, we kept with the name Athena was because if you are a provider group, and you want to catch the eye of women who are trying to figure out where to deliver their baby, you should. You want to appear first in the phone book, right? First in the provider directory. And so that's why uh, Athena is supposed to like pair health or something like that, which is, we would have been buried. Uh, so very we, strategic. Yeah. You had to like think yeah. about the phone book and how that was like. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? it was, uh, it was <laughs> those days. It's like, we want to be top, uh, top of list. And, and then what was it like about that business that you realized, hey, this isn't going to be the future of what we're aiming to do here? Uh, it was not super scalable. Like that was the that was the the key to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, you know what we found is that healthcare was extraordinarily local, uh, and we did a lot of great things for them, but they were all kind of done by hand, right? Like we negotiated better strategic deals, we put in better relationships, we right. So we did a bunch of things like that, but uh, but it was hard to scale. Um, with that said, my job at Athena was to build the technology. Uh, so I built. Like one of the problems we had is we needed to make sure that the offices ran smoothly, that uh, as we scaled this thing across the country, the idea is, of course, you need systems for running your office well, electronic health records, practice management systems, scheduling systems, billing systems, all of that stuff. And so my job was to figure that stuff out. And uh, with the lessons I learned from Viant, right, building uh, systems for Fortune 500 companies, I was like, look, how hard could that be? Uh, so famous last words, but, uh, <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> and, and so what was the, uh, the moment of this is the opportunity, right? The aha of like, this is the direction of where the company should go. It sounds like you were kind of thinking about that, building systems for your own practice, yet there must have been some type of revelation of like, oh, this is the market that's, that's the problem. Yeah, well, you know, I'd love to say that it had to do with our brilliance on the pivot and we understood what was that. <laughs> and in our defense, we did understand a lot of that. We did understand that what we were building from a technology perspective would, in fact, be broadly useful across the country. Uh, but the way it actually happened, uh, and I think the way much of this happens, is with um, about negative $627 in the bank and a bottle of Glenvidich. Uh, right. That's, and like you sit there, right. And you take a hard look in the mirror and say like, why, what are we trying to do? Yeah. Uh, and the goal, uh, our goal, our mission was to advance the cause of better health in the country. Mm -hmm. And we realized that the way to do that at scale was to focus on these administrative components of the practice with the technology that we built. And by doing that, we would allow all sorts of practices around the country to take better care of their patients because they wouldn't have to worry about all of this sort of overhead uh, that had had come to healthcare, right? We could actually take it out of their hands. We could do the scut work uh, while they could focus on on their patients. And so we ended up making that pivot and uh, uh, we never looked back. And, and was it at that point that you moved 
back to the Boston area and started what became Athena Health. That's right. That's when we came back to they came back to to Waltham and uh, we we started this thing from uh, scratch. Now, so how do you build a company like that from scratch? Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of resources. Like you said, you were like kind of at the grassroots of making decisions with a bank account that wasn't so, you know, frothy. So, so how did you get the business started? Yeah, well, it's there. There are a number of things that happen as you build a business. I think part of it is uh, uh, skill and thinking about things, and part of it is luck. Uh, and as it turns out, that our our second major client. Uh, was a practice called Anchor Medical Associates in Rhode Island, uh, which had just split off from Harvard Vanguard. And they had nothing. They were a large medical group and they needed something to run their practices. And like, it's either death or dishonor. Like death is like they go out of business. Dishonor is they choose us as their vendor. <laughs> uh, so they were desperate and they said, can you, like, can you help? And so we, we went down and we, uh, we, we helped. But I think that a lot of it is, you know, for us was finding the places where we could, add value in the world and go off and uh and and help those businesses succeed and from there we started getting a bunch more momentum we started uh we did a great job for those guys and we sold more and more customers word got around uh we were able to then uh, recruit more and better people uh we attracted more money and uh, we kept going and was this something you were productizing all along or was it at first you know trying to you know pay the bills and doing custom application development or was this like we're building a product each step along the way? Uh, well, when it was Athena Women's Health in the birthplace, it was entirely our own internal tech platform, right? Sure. When we did the pivot, we decided that we were going to productize it. Got we it. decided yeah. that it was going to be, in fact, a a uh, a service that we were going to offer to everyone. Got it. Okay. And was it which piece of the puzzle were you providing at first? Was it more the revenue billing? solution or yeah that turned out to be the the key thing that everyone needed so <laughs> doctors need to get their their bills paid like they need right. cash in cash out is life and well so i imagine so that was probably like a, an administrative headache for all of them like what like what was the problem that you kept hearing from from doctors like oh please solve this problem uh, so it's helpful to paint the context here uh, the hmo revolution that had happened in the 90s and so there were a lot of different insurance companies around, and each of them had their own rules for what it would take to get a claim paid. And so as practices sort of moved through this, the amount of administrative muck got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and had throughout the 90s, uh, which created a, a little bit of a perfect storm in the late 90s, early 2000s for someone to come along and basically say, look, uh, you don't have to learn all of those rules yourself. Mm -hmm. turns out that there is one version of truth for all those uh, rules in the world, and we will learn it for you, and we will do all those things for you. And uh, from a doctor's office, what we said at Athena is that the product that we delivered was not actually a technology product. It was cash flow. Like our, our product was 5% more money, 20% faster, right? Because if the revenue cycle was a leaky ship, there was just all sorts of money that would leak along the way. Our job was to plug all those holes and deliver them a sleek carbon hull. Got it. And when did your business start to get traction to the point where you were able to attract outside investment from, from VC firms? Uh, so the original pivot was, uh, funded, by, was funded by a guy uh, who was a junior partner at a company called Venrock uh, sure. at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy was, was Brian Roberts. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, 
uh, he made a bet on us. He made a bet on us at the time, uh, just based on the people and the idea and what he'd seen. Uh, he was an extraordinary venture partner. He uh, went into our first clinic and he actually watched the early version of the software like run. And he basically said, look, I'm going to help lead around here for uh, 10 million bucks. And, uh, and, uh, and they came in and our early partners that, that came in the, you know, the, 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 the three that we came in continue to be really good friends. Absolutely. And obviously Athena Health, you know, it's a major anchor tech company in the Boston tech scene and you eventually built a whole portfolio of products. So how did you just continue to scale? And then also what I think is interesting about Athena Health is it was an early, you know, SaaS company, right? It was probably before that term even existed, everything was in the cloud. So how, so how, you know, billing and electronic, you know, healthcare records, like I would imagine trying to pitch that to uh, physician practices or like, it just like people would be a little like, what you're going to put our patients data in the cloud. How do you like the cloud? That wasn't even a term. So anyways, the evangelism must've been very challenging sometimes. Yeah. That's why I, I said that our, our product is actually not a technology product. The Athena product wasn't a technology product. The Athena product was uh uh, 5% more money, 20% faster. And the doctors would not have cared if it were carrier pigeons or llamas. Like if you sold them <laughs> that they could get paid 5% more, 20% faster, it doesn't, it didn't matter. Right. Right. Um, what mattered is that there's a, uh, service behind it. Like you look at analogies from today, right. And most people like Amazon's a terrific technology company. Most people don't care like what they have going on behind the scenes, as long as you get your toothbrush delivered tomorrow, uh, right? Like it, it's, you don't care how it, how it happens as long as it does happen. And that's sort of, from my perspective, the magic of technology enabled service businesses is that they enable you to deliver results. Uh, and technology is your means of delivery. It gives you unfair advantages, but it's not the thing that you're actually selling. What were some of the, the lessons learned? Like you held, various executive roles in the company, like what, scaling a company to the level that you did, uh, like what were some of the, the biggest challenges that you remember? Ah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so many challenges, so many scars, so many mistakes, right? It's, uh, like, uh, you know, I think that, um, uh, the biggest lesson I learned, uh, so I still remember this. Um, I was, it was at the IPO, right. And I was in battery park. Uh, it was a, it was the day before the IPO and, uh, was looking across the sun setting the Statue of Liberty there. Uh, and, uh, we had a small group of investors and friends who came together for the, the IPO party. Um, and one of my very, very good friends, uh, who also happens to be very blunt, he's a, a tech partner, um, uh, by the name of David Black at O Capital came up to me and said, like, congratulations. Uh, and I thought to myself, like, what, like, I expect him to say something like, congratulations, you're a genius or congratulations, like, or something along those lines. And he said, congratulations for putting one foot in front of the other for longer than anybody else. Mm. And I thought to myself, I'll take that, right? Because I think it is, in fact, the number one thing that I am proud of, right, that we did at Athena is that we were able to keep focused on a goal for a longer period of time than most others. Uh, and with relentless focus over a long period of time, it turns out that you can do a lot. Uh, so that's, from my perspective, the biggest lessons learned is if you have a clear goal and a long-term uh, orientation, there's a lot that you can do. 
And I mean, so, but that day when you finally go public, like some people are like, you know, that's a huge celebration, of course. And your IPO, it went through the roof that day. And this is 2007. It was like, from what I read, it was a 97% increase. Yeah, it was the top the IPO day. of, uh, of, uh, of uh, 2007. So th th that must have been like extraordinary. Like that, <laughs> like, yes, you know, you, you're very humble, which is great. But wow, like that whole market dynamic of the Athena story is just incredible. It, it was neat. Although I would say that like, it really was for us just another bump in the road. Like it just, like we, it, it, it was no different from any other event in the life cycle of the company. That's something that Jonathan and Todd and I believe very strongly that we shouldn't treat it separately. Uh, and uh, we did celebrate it because it was sort of a milestone of an accomplishment, but uh, we were no uh, under no illusions that that was the end of the road. Like that was just, that was, that was a step along the way. Yeah. The next chapter, because now you have to report quarterly results. And yeah. <laughs> so now yeah. the pressure is really on. Yeah. But yeah, no, like I was, when I was looking at that, I'm like, wow, that was an amazing first day of trading. It was great. Well, I remember, like, I, I remember, like, so NASDAQ is, uh, like going public is an interesting experience. Cause I, I thought that, uh, you know, you watch the movies about wall street when you're a kid and you like see all the papers and bells and like brokers. And I thought that was going to be a flurry of activity. They put us in this tiny little room and they're like <laughs> these like two LCD screens on the wall. And you're sitting there just basically twiddling your thumbs. Uh, and then like, you know, time comes around and they're like, Oh, it's trading. And everyone's like, is that it? <laughs> it's like, that's pretty much it. Like that's, that's the world, and uh, yeah. that that is uh, it's it's so so the um, the actual event itself is a little anticlimactic, but uh, but you can see that Nasdaq has changed it. You know, it's not the same with the New York Stock Exchange where you're up there and you're gonna you know ring the bell. Yeah. Nasdaq has made a little more fanfare where they have confetti now. I think. Oh, seen. awesome! Well, yeah. like they didn't do it for us. We got right. no confetti. We just got <laughs> you were too early. You were yeah, too we just early. Got, like a little room with a with a, with a screen. <laughs> Everyone's doing a little golf clap. Yeah, golf clap. It's like, guys, where are we going to lunch? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, now scaling Athena Health to like, you know, hiring so many people, uh, global operations and, you know, the different roles as, you know, your chief operating officer. So like, what lessons would you have for founders that are trying to scale? They have product market fit and they, you know, they hit their stride. Yeah. What are some of the, th the pointers that you would give to founders that are trying to scale a company? There, there's so many shifts that occur. I, I think that you're never going to get the shifts right, the timing of the shifts right. So when are you an individual contributor? When do you build teams? When do you build teams of teams? How do you do it? Um, and, you know, from my perspective, like you're never going to get the timing exactly right. Like sometimes it's going to feel to some folks that you got the transition too late. Sometimes it'll feel like you did it too early. But as long as you're somewhere in that ballpark, right, between too late and too early, uh, I think that 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 was a that was a huge lesson we learned. It's it's um, taking time about every six months to really reflect on what am I trying to do, and where does the company need to go in the next two or three years, and uh, how can I help that happen? And then from there, you really have to play a role differently, whatever that happens to be. In my case. It was uh, to take on the chief operating officers, uh, officer role and president of services, take on sales, operations, customer service, a bunch of other things along the way uh, to help figure out how to build teams that were that were really unified across the whole company and uh, were able to uh, achieve the results that we wanted.
Well, let's fast forward to, to today. Like, so yeah. you're, you're, you and your brother have started a new company called Devoted Health. Yep. So, so what is Devoted Health? Devoted Health, well, our mission is to uh, create better healthcare for America's seniors by treating them like mom, right? So every member is mom, that's our perspective on it. Just because we look across the, the country and all of the stats are totally true. We spend 20% of our GDP on healthcare. The product that we have is awful. Uh, and we just, it, it's time for something a little bit different, right? Um, uh, my parents are getting of the age uh, where I begin to worry about them, right? A bunch of my friends' parents are getting to the age where we worry about them. And candidly, now, given what I know about the healthcare system, I am terrified about what happens if something happens and they kind of get caught in it, right? There's no one in the system who is there to help them take their hand, right? And so that, that was really the genesis of the company is how do you construct a company that uh, is worthy of our loved ones? Um, and the form it takes uh, at this point is a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, so one lesson we learned from Athena and we learned again and again and again in healthcare is if you want to change healthcare, you have to change how it's paid for. You have to go to the source, right? You have to actually, if, if you don't change how healthcare is paid for, your chance of changing the result is zero. That in healthcare today, it's not like you have bad people, right? Everyone I know in healthcare is actually in it for the right reasons. They want to help people, their hearts in it for the right reasons. But they're stuck inside an economic machine that causes them to behave in certain ways, right? And uh, uh, from our perspective, you, we, you need to start by paying folks differently. Um, and that starts with being uh, a payer. So that's, that's, that's what we're doing fundamentally. And uh, it's, it's just a blast. So, so you're actually going to become a payer, like that's going to be part of your business model then? Yeah. So if we, we talk about our model in a bunch of different key ways, but uh, uh, we have what uh, we call the devoted five layer cake. So healthcare is a very complicated problem, but we start off, the first piece is that we're going to be in according to Hoyle, Medicare Advantage health plan. So you think of United or Aetna or Humana or any of the, any of the rest of these guys, we're going to actually have at the top of this, a health plan. We're going to go up and sign up individual members into Medicare Advantage, which is a uh, privatized government program for Medicare. We're going to take care of them. We're going to pay contract with a network of doctors and hospitals. We're going to pay them uh, premium and we're going to use the funds to take better care of our members. So that's the, the first piece of the stack. The second is technology. Uh, we think to do this really well, that we need to radically technology enable it for many of the same reasons that we ended building Athena, except this time it's going to be on the payer end of the world and not on the uh, doctor end of the world, right? That's the third thing that we're looking to do. Uh, the third thing that we need is we need to have uh, terrific customer service. Uh, so we have what we call a devoted health guide, which is almost like a Disney concierge experience for members. So we think that members need to have that level of uh, 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 just care. We want someone to, to care about each individual member. So every member is going to be assigned a guide team who will be responsible for making sure that uh, they are well and healthy and, and happy. Um, the uh, uh, fourth piece is that we are going to construct a medical group uh, where we'll take uh, care of folks uh, at home. And uh, we think that that's super, super duper, super, super duper important. 
and the the fifth piece of this whole thing is that we think we need to build a core administrative platform that will run run the entire business. And so we think that with all of those pieces put together, we can construct a really, really strong business. Uh, and we thought about this business end to end. The economics are super important to us. Uh, and um, it's uh, it's 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 uh, the right it's it's a play that we're very, very excited by. It's a major undertaking, right? This isn't just uh, creating a mole app that's going to help you figure out if you've got a cold or not. So, so we're totally, building right? these. This is a pack of lunch play, right? This is yeah. This is swinging big time for the fences. You know, five layers of what you just outlined that you have to build separately and independent. Um, so, you know, it was. I think I saw on Xconomy that you did raise, you know, according to the SEC documents, uh, sixty-nine million in funding from from Venrock, right? Yep. Yeah. So that, that, so I'm assuming when you're raising capital at this point where you've built, you know, a massive tech giant in Boston, Athena Health, that this is the same investors that bet on you for the that time that, you know, hey, you know, Todd and I have this other idea and this is what we're thinking that, you know, obviously it's a, a, a different experience raising capital. It's right. Like totally right. A lot easier second time through. Yeah. 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 So like, we have success. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like raising capital has, uh, knock on wood, uh, but not been like. Um, I promised Todd and I promised ourselves that we would assume that the second time through would, would be just as hard as the first time, uh, so that we would just be pleasantly surprised when it uh, when it wasn't as hard. Um, what we found is that like there are a couple places so far where <laughs> where where it's easier. The first is raising capital. The second is building a great team. Uh, just because the second time through you. You know, so we've been able to attract a bunch of capital and a bunch of folks who are very interested and just a freaking awesome team. So Ed, to stop you there. So when I first heard about your company, when it did kind of like surface, I went to the leadership team and I'm like, wow. Look, I mean, and I, I saw some of the dots connected through your travels of Athena and some of the things that Todd has done. But like, you know, Nancy Go, who I just think is the best brand person in Boston. I mean, she, you know, basically created this brand Wayfair that, you know, everyone in their household knows now, right? That's just an amazing thing. And I just looked across the whole leadership team. Granted, yes, you, you know, you have this credibility now, but still, I mean, how did you recruit such high degree of talent? It's uh, it's all been through a set of personal connections, uh, and I think folks who believe in us. But I just we we're we are so fortunate. Like Nancy is, uh, look, I'm biased, but I agree with you. I think she's the best brand person I've ever met. Like she's yeah. just extraordinary. She built the Wayfair brand from scratch, uh, and she is just like uh, a hunter killer uh, executor with a heart the size of Jupiter. She's awesome, right? You have Jeremy Deglinski, uh, who was the CTO at Athena and then was the CTO at Wayfair uh, and built those guys up uh, a, a ton. DJ Patil, who was the chief data scientist of the United States <laughs> and uh, invented the term data science uh, in a Harvard Business Review article 10 years ago. What? Like, That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, and uh, was one of the uh, key folks behind LinkedIn. Uh, you have obviously, right, Todd. And so you have this amazing group of, amazing. Amazing group of folks. Um, and then awesome board. Uh, we have have uh, uh, on the board. We were we were able to to get Kathleen Sebelius, who was the secretary of HHS, uh, and um, uh, Bill Frist, who was the former Senate Majority Leader on the Republican side, and they uh, decided to come together and join our effort. 
Well, I mean, the, I mean, obviously you're solving a big problem. It's a problem that everybody is aware of. Uh, myself, you know, my, my dad's 76 years old and he's in this whole healthcare system. And there's just so much that needs to be solved, not only, you know, for elderly care, but the whole top-down system. So do you think there's other aspirations that, you know, once you kind of figure out maybe this segment of the population that you'll actually go into other demographics? I think we will. Uh, with that said, the Medicare Advantage population is growing so quickly, right? Yeah. It is a unbelievably large uh, piece of the population. Mm -hmm. right? Healthcare is a is twenty percent of the GDP, and the Medicare Advantage piece is like if we can actually crack this nut or even a piece mm -hmm. of this nut, it's going to be the the work of of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, so we may continue to move outside this, uh, but we want to really be good. We we want to focus on something that we think we can be really, really, really good at. Uh, and we will be open to opening other doors along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, this is one way of like just one way of looking at it is we think that healthcare is a game about execution, right? Th there's almost no market risk to what we're trying to do. If we can deliver a better product, a better Medicare Advantage product at a lower price with Disney layer levels of customer satisfaction, like everyone's going to want it. Like, yeah. so at that point, this is reduced for us to a question of execution and execution is all about getting the right people. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's really the, what I, I think about every day is I think about people and culture is how we can, can we get the right people in place and how do we build the right culture uh, to execute against a worthy mission? And what is the current size of the team now? Uh, we're about 120 people uh, wow. and growing very, very quickly. I, and assuming you're hiring across all different functions, engineering, products, marketing. Yep, all functions, all uh, functions. product uh, operations, uh, just across the board, we are, we're growing uh, and we're very, very excited. What's your take right now? I mean, there's so much going on in the Boston tech scene across all different sectors, but healthcare and technology in, in general, like what's, what's your like just overall feel, the pulse of what's going on in the Boston tech scene, like companies that are sprouting up? I love it, right? I love the fact that there is just an ecosystem of folks who care about this. Uh, I think that what it reflects um, is it reflects like a group of entrepreneurs who are taking a look at the problems that are facing themselves and their parents and asking themselves, what can I do? Like what I find about the Boston healthcare tech scene is that it's almost uniformly mission oriented. And I have to say, it's actually been getting increasingly pragmatic over time, right? In terms of the approaches. So if you looked at the, you know, the companies that had vintage, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you found a bunch of like little app healthcare companies, but now you're finding folks who have actually figured out what this thing looks like and are building real companies that will add lasting value like PillPack, right? I mean, I'm a huge fan of those guys uh, and what they ended up doing. And so I, um, uh, I love the amount of activity. Uh, I love what it represents in terms of both entrepreneurialism and in terms of mission. PillPack's a great example where there's just these companies in Boston that are taking on really hard, you know, we're, we're known for hard tech, right? Yeah. Like you had to go state by state to get approved to distribute drugs, you know, mailing drugs to state by state that you can't just replicate that. And, you know, the barriers to entry are very high. Yep. And, and, and you know, obviously they perfected the business model. I always liked how they thought about brands and their packaging from day one, like just build an extraordinary company and obviously had an extraordinary result. And hopefully they continue to, to grow under the, uh, 
the Amazon umbrella. Yeah, I, so so happy for those guys, and so happy for what they represented in terms of just thinking about uh, thinking about what problem they're trying to solve and deciding to do the hard thing. Yep, exactly. Well, Ed, thanks so much for taking the time and for sharing all of your words of wisdom. As you did mention, Devoted Health is hiring across the board uh, at their offices in Waltham. You can check out all their job openings on VentureFizz on their biz page. But Ed, thanks again for, for taking the time. Well, that's our show. I hope you found it useful and entertaining. If you did, please make sure you subscribe so you'll get future episodes. Also, please consider leaving us a five-star review and share this podcast with all of your friends and colleagues in the industry. It all really helps us out. Last but not least, don't forget to visit VentureFizz.com, the most trusted source for tech and startup jobs, news, and insights. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.